Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the BT Powerhouse Podcast. My name is Thomas Bendit. I am... The manager of BT Powerhouse, uh, Big Ten Basketball is officially underway. Conference play started last week. It is an exciting time for college basketball. A lot of big games, not only in the Big Ten, but uh, across the country. And we're kind of happy to be back from our quasi-holiday podcast break here. <laughs> um, got one short one in over uh, the, the Christmas holiday, but... Um, been a little light on podcasts, so hopefully we'll be a little bit more regular over the next couple of weeks. But um, th- this is our 51st podcast, and um, so today we're we're primarily just going to talk about the first week or so of conference play. Um, maybe get into what's coming up here in the next couple of days a little bit, but really just some of the big takeaways, how we kind of see things shaking out, um, and then uh, also talk a little bit about uh, Iowa the the Hawkeyes who have been red hot over uh, the last couple of weeks, but um, to help us break it down, we have, we have Graham uh, from our own site. Uh, Graham, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Good, good. So um, obviously an exciting time for college basketball. Um, yeah. A lot, a lot of great action, um, not only over the weekend, but tonight, a couple great games, uh, Kansas and Oklahoma on in a little bit. I got it recording. I, I can't wait to watch that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, um, obviously, you know, as I mentioned a couple of times, the, uh, first week of conference play, uh, there were some upsets, there were some, uh, kind of expected results. Um, what, what were your big takeaways this week? Uh, I think it's really interesting to watch who's going to really compete for that top spot in the big 10. Obviously, you know, we knew, uh, Michigan state was going to kind of struggle a little bit after losing Valentine. Um, but seeing them drop that game to Iowa and then going and seeing Iowa, you know, come back from 19 points down to <laughs> Purdue, very, very impressive for the Hawkeyes. So um, I think right now Maryland still looks like the top team in the Big Ten. I think they knocked the Spartans off that mantle, at least temporarily. Um, but I'm, you know, really interested to see if Iowa can keep up their tear that they've been on recently. Yeah, I I really agree. Um, I thought the – you know, the big takeaway from the first week, it, it has to be Iowa. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, there there were some other games, you know, there were some big performances from some key players, but, um, you know, I, I understand, you know, Denzel Valentine's out for Michigan State, but Iowa, you know, they knock off number one at home uh, for Michigan State, and then they go on the road mm-hmm. and knock off number 14 Purdue. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a self-professed hater of, the national polls, but I use them just to kind of, this is a, a reference point. Um, and, you know, to knock off two top 15 teams, including one on the road, that is a big week. Um, I, I, you know, I'm writing a, uh, an Iowa piece for another site uh, tonight. And, you know, I, I said this and uh, it, it's really an accurate statement, but there are a lot of teams that don't have two wins that good all year. 
and Iowa just right. did it in a week. Um, so it's, it, you know, it, realistically speaking, I mean, they they could have the best week of any team in, in the country so far this year. Um, obviously, that'll change going forward. But, um, yeah, red hot. Uh, Jared Utah has been great. Uh, Mike Gazelle has uh-huh. been really solid. Um, and, yeah, you, you mentioned the comeback against Purdue. Uh, I did want to talk about that game a little bit. Um, right. Obviously, both, both teams are perceived as being real contenders this year, not only in the Big Ten, um, but, you know, potentially for a deep tournament run. You know, Purdue, Purdue gets up big. It looks like they're just going to put it away. And then Iowa starts pressing. Purdue starts turning it over. And, you know, voila, Iowa wins the game. Uh, did you have any, any big thoughts coming out of that game? Or, you know, what went wrong for Purdue? Yeah, I think Purdue's really been an interesting team to watch this season because, you know, they kind of come into uh, near the end of non-conference play, and they've won every game by double digits. And then they go and play Butler in the Crossroads Classic, and they end up dropping that game. Um, but I think Purdue remains kind of one of those unknowns in the conference. You got, uh, I think they're ranked, what, top 20 in the poll this week. Um, but they've really had they've had their solid wins, but they've also had their puzzling losses. And I think Iowa's just showed a lot of grit over these, uh, you know, this past week, especially with that marginal win. It wasn't just a little win over uh, Michigan State; it was marginal. Um, and then, yeah, just to have that grit, uh, especially that senior leadership from Utah, and obviously Gazelle's been great. Peter Jock has seriously stepped up for the Hawkeyes. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I was really impressed. I actually turned off the game for a little bit, switched over to watch a little bit of ACC basketball. I switched back and I was taking the lead. It was, you know, a little bit mind blowing, but, um, yeah, it'll just, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it up or if it's just a temporary thing or, you know, what Fran McCaffrey's got going. Yeah. And, and one question I wanted to ask you on this, and I, I do have a, a follow up to this one, but, um, you know, I, I think we both agree, you know, Iowa has proven itself. They're going to make the NCAA tournament. I mean, the collapse mm-hmm. would have to be, you know, completely epic for them to have any chance of missing it. Um, mm-hmm. But how, how, what, how much can they do this year? You know, I, I know the NCAA tournament is kind of a, you know, a wild uh, card, but can they win the Big Ten? Uh, because right, you know, right now they're 2-0. and They've beaten – uh, you know, in our power rankings last week, Michigan State was the no- unanimous number one, and Purdue was number two, and Iowa just knocked them both off. You know, do you think the mm-hmm. Hawkeyes can actually contend for the title? I think they can contend for the title, and I think one of the main reasons they're going to be able to do it is because of their age. Um, you look at teams like Maryland and Michigan State, who are a lot younger, um, who some might say are a lot more talented, but Iowa is a team that's, that's been playing together for the past two, three years, and you've got upperclassmen in Utah, Gazelle, Woodbury. Um, and I think all all of them have been contributing. So I think it kind of goes to show in today's age in college basketball, you look at the top teams in the nation and you see that they're all bringing in those top ten recruiting classes each and every year. Um, but Iowa right here is proving that um, that whole four-year plan that Rand McCaffrey's been putting together, building this team uh, over the years is starting to work. And I, I genuinely do believe that Iowa can compete for a title this year um, in the Big Ten, and I, I think it's too early to call them the favorites. Obviously, you've got a lot of competition at the top with Maryland, the MSU, um, you know, and maybe even Purdue. But you know, from what I've seen so far, they definitely have the grit to uh, to go out and win it. 
Yeah, I completely agree. And and you actually stated the exact reason that I, you know, I, I think they're going to contend. You know, Iowa is a very experienced team. Um, you know, in Ken Palm's experience rating, they're 78. You know, you're talking about pretty much four seniors starting. Uh, Peter Yak is, you know, the young guy. He's a junior. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, again, that, that may not sound crazy, but in today's college basketball, to be a, you know, a top 15, top 20 type of team, you know, with that much experience, it's, it's kind of rare to be honest. And um, right. I, I think where that's going to benefit them, I don't think it's going to benefit them when, you know, they go on the road to Maryland or, you know, they face Michigan state on the road in you know, mm-hmm. a week and a half or so, but I think it's going to benefit them a lot. You know, when they face Northwestern, when they go and face Illinois, when they face Indiana, right. kind of those games, the in-between games that, Mm-hmm. An inexperienced team is going to get rattled and they'll let slip away. And I, I think they're going to win more of those games than a lot of other teams do. And due to that, I think they're going to be right in it. You know, right now, Capcom hasn't projected 14 and four. Um, that That's going to be right there, I think. You know, maybe Maryland mm-hmm. really turns it on here, but I'm expecting a champion to have a handful of losses. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to be in it, but... Spinning off of that, um, obviously, you know, everyone wants to know, you know, who's going to contend at the top. So, you know, we've talked about Iowa. Um, how, how do you kind of see this conference race shaking out here? You know, just a weekend, um, some of the, you know, the top dogs, you know, we talked about Michigan State and Purdue have both dropped a game already. Um, how do you kind of see this shaking out over the next couple of weeks? Your early guess. Yeah, I, I see Maryland as a clear front runner right now. Um, I was excited to watch that Northwestern Maryland game this past week to see how Maryland would perform on the road, especially with Northwestern coming into conference play um, with only one loss. And, you know, the Wildcats competed, but Maryland was clearly the more talented team. They were tougher. Um, Diamond Stone had another solid performance. And the way he's playing, I mean, setting you know, 39 points, a uh, freshman record for Maryland, um, I think they just look like the most talented and most cohesive team. Rashid Suleiman has been a huge ad for them this year. Um, he's been hitting a lot of threes, and Mello Trimble is exactly who we thought he was going to be. So right now I see the turfs at the front, um, and then, you know, right behind them I see Iowa, Michigan State, Purdue. Um, those three are the the main uh, runner-ups right now. But I see those four teams contending. Yeah, I'm I'm in complete agreement. You know, I, I, I think two weeks ago, I don't know if I would have said Maryland was the front-runner. Um but I, I really believe that now, you know, they've really been trending up. I know they kind of had that scare against Penn State, but if you, if you look at why that game was so close, they just shot so badly. I really don't mm-hmm. think that's something that's going to happen very often. And <laughs> and on top of that, you know, to shoot that badly and still win, I think, uh, tells a lot about your team. I mean, they shot 23.8% from three-point range, which – is uh, needless to say, well below their season average of 39.3. So I I, I just think, you know, and, you know, the other thing we talk about, we talked about Iowa's experience in some of those road games and, you know, in that random Tuesday night type of game. But Maryland has a tremendous home court advantage. Uh, I don't think it gets Mm -hmm. talked about very often, but – I think they're they're undefeated for like a year and a half or two years or something like that at home. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And frankly, you know, they're going to face some big challenges at home. You know, they get Purdue, they get some of those, you know, they get Iowa at home as well, uh, talking about the Hawkeyes. But um, that's a huge advantage. You know, if you go undefeated at home, I know this is basic math, but you already get to nine conference wins. So, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a great start. I think they're the they're the guy at the top of the heap right now. Um, Michigan State. You know, Valentine's supposed to be back this week. We'll see if they can get through, um, get through Illinois and Penn State this week, um, with or without them. But um, you know, I think the Spartans are going to be a factor. But obviously, you know, they got to have Valentine back. And then, um, you know, Purdue, uh, they're going to have some. They have a couple interesting games coming up here. You know, they get Michigan on Thursday, which I think is going to tell a lot about them and and how serious of a contender they are. Um, but yeah, I, I think those are your four teams. I think everybody else is a, a notch below. Um, but it but it still should be a very competitive and interesting conference race. But spinning off of that, um, sort of moving down towards some of the the middle teams. You know, some teams trending down. Um, you know, speaking of Michigan, you know they scored a couple big wins. Um, the big question is obviously NCAA tournament bids. Um, how many teams do you think are in position right now? You know, obviously, assuming those the four teams we talked about for the title are already in. Uh, who else do you see on the bubble right now? Um, what what do they need to do over the next couple of weeks to get in? Um, yeah, I guess. What are your, what are your thoughts on the NCAA tournament right now for the the middle Big Ten teams? Yeah, I'm looking at maybe eight or nine teams right now that are really um, in contention. Uh, you know, you've got, I think, locks right now, you'd look at the top four. Um, and I think Michigan, Indiana, um, those two teams are in good position. Um, I think the middle ground with Ohio State, Northwestern, Wisconsin, that's going to be a little bit interesting to see how that shakes out. I probably see two of the three um, making the tournament. But Ohio State's kind of had an interesting turnaround as of late. Obviously, they got that huge win over Kentucky. Um, they're able to fend off Illinois on Sunday. Um, and then when you look at Northwestern, they've only got two losses. Um, Bryant McIntosh has been playing fantastic. And even with the Ola injury, um, they're still going to be competitive this year, and they should, uh, you know, at least finish around 500 in the Big Ten. Um, and then Wisconsin, I don't think you can ever write off Wisconsin. Um, obviously, they're a March team with uh, a new coach at the helm. It'll be interesting to see how they can continue that trend, but um, yeah, I, I've really seen eight or nine teams competing right now. Um, the bottom, you know, which is, yeah, Illinois, Nebraska, Penn State, Minnesota, Rutgers, I don't see any of those teams really in contention for a tournament bid right now, um, but depending on how the non-con- you know, how the conference season shakes out, um, I really see eight or nine teams making it. Wow, yeah, bold, bold pick here. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, needless to say, I think the four teams are essentially locked. I know you technically can't say that, but I mean, they're they're yeah. in great shape. But um, move down. I I, I know some people are a little hesitant to buy into the Wolverines, but I think Michigan is a pretty safe bet at this point. Um, again, you know, especially being a Michigan fan, um, and I do throw that out there just so people know where I'm coming from. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, I don't want to jinx them here, <laughs> but um, but yeah. the thing is, that if you go by Ken Palm, which you know, I know not everybody loves Ken Palm, but I'm just going to use right. it as a frame of reference. Um, 
Michigan set to finish 21 and 10 and 11 and 7 in the Big Ten. Again, you know, just projections. It's not a perfect gauge, but if they win 11 games, they're going to get it. They're they're just going right. to unless it's unless they can't knock off anybody. But you know, Michigan's going to have to knock off somebody big because their best non-conference win is probably Texas. Maybe it turns into NC State on the road. We'll have to see. But um, but Michigan's big problem is their front court, obviously. Not, maybe it's coming around with Mark Donnell. We'll have to wait and see. But, um, you know, that's their big issue. But I don't think there are as many teams that can expose that as people think in the Big Ten. You know, obviously Purdue, obviously Maryland, um, maybe Iowa. Uh, Woodbury's kind of touch and go sometimes. Um, but, real, you know, maybe Deontay Davis from Michigan State. I don't know. But you're really only talking about four or six games, um, which, again, is – even if they lose all the games, they're still at, you know, 12 and six, which is clearly good enough to make the tournament. Um, you know, and I right. know this is a tough type of game, but Michigan, they have both had losses in non-conference play. I know they don't necessarily have great wins, but the way they've taken care of the bottom type of teams, I think they're going to be relatively safe in those types of games. Again, I know this is all just looking ahead, but, um, but if they do that, they can knock, knock off enough of the middle-tier teams and um, knock off a team, a big team or two at home. I, I think they're in good shape. So I, I definitely see them as the, uh, the fifth sort of sitting team in the Big Ten. Um, after them, yeah, Indiana, uh, I, I do think they're going to make it. Um, they have a, a huge week coming up this week. I know that, you know, they get Wisconsin and Ohio State at home. I know that may not seem like – the most outstanding games, but um, those are two middle to Big Ten teams, both good enough to add to the resume. I, I do think if they can go through this week, really the next couple of weeks sitting pretty, I, th- I think they would be in great shape. Uh, you know, they've won like seven in a row, something like that. Um, after them, uh, yeah, it gets it gets a little shaky. Um, I really think there are only three teams in serious attention at this point. Um, I was holding out hope for Illinois, but I think they just, they have too many losses um, to really, you know, and, and we've seen them. They kind of, they've, they really needed to win one game this week and they, or last week, I should say, and they let it slip away. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I think those teams are uh, Ohio State, Northwestern and Wisconsin. I, I will say, you know, I know everyone's holding out for Wisconsin to turn around, but I really think they're a long shot at this point. You know, if, if they're going to make it, you know, this is the week they gotta they gotta make some noise. They get Indiana on the road, Maryland at home. They can upset the Terps. They're back in it, but um, you know, there's a there's a decent shot they end this week at nine and eight, which I mean, obviously not the best record. Um, right. But um, I I really like Ohio State's chances to make it. I know that sounds weird given how they started the year. You know, they started two and four. They actually got to four and five at one point. Um, but, uh, you know, they're sitting 10 and five right now. They've won eight of their last nine. That includes wins over Kentucky. Um, they beat Minnesota and Illinois at home this week, two and oh, in the big 10. But the notable thing is, you know, everybody talks about the rough start. You know, they lost to UT Arlington at home. They lost to Louisiana tech at home, but those teams are actually not that bad. Um, you know, and I, and I say that, in a general RPI type of sense, you know, those teams aren't great, obviously, but 
you know, I, Ohio State's sitting at 63 in the RPI. You know, I know everybody hates RPI, but, you know, it's a committee measure, so I'm looking at it. Um, but uh, sitting 63 isn't that bad. Um, you know, UConn's at 61 right now. Um, so I, I really think Ohio State starts, you know, continues to knock off some of these teams um, and really, you know, takes care of business at home. Uh, unlike how they started the year, I, I think they're, they have a really good shot to get in contention. Um, the last team, and, and sorry for rambling so much here, but um, <laughs> Northwest, Northwestern, I actually think they are the complete opposite of Ohio State. You know, I, I think everybody thinks they're in serious contention because they're 13-2 and two and their only losses are against Maryland and North Carolina. But you know, everybody repeat, has repeated this for the last three months, but I'm going to repeat it again. Northwestern's non-conference schedule was horrible, just horrible. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. it, was clearly, it was clearly designed to build up a win total and not designed for an at-large bid. And, and the reason I say this is not to, you know, rip on Northwestern or, you know, Collins for designing their schedule, whatever, but, I mean, just think about this. They're 13-2. and two, they're one and one in the Big Ten, and they are 95th in RPI. <laughs> like, yeah, because yeah, everybody they beat is garbage, pretty much. Um, right. And and again, you know, road wins at DePaul, Virginia Tech, not terrible, but they're not going to do much for you, you know, in our in terms of RPI. So Northwestern clearly has everything in front of them. You know, if, if they start winning some of these games, you know, they get Ohio State on Wednesday. That's a huge, a huge matchup for both teams. But um, I think the Wildcats are going to be sitting out. I think they have a great shot at the NIT. I will say that. Um, but I think that they're going to have to perform so well in conference play because they don't have the the quality wins. But, um, but yeah, nonetheless, um, so I'm, I'm thinking – uh, seven bids. I think Indiana gets in. I think Ohio State sneaks in at the end. Um, you know, the Buckeyes are going to clearly, um, they're going to be on the razor <laughs> for the next couple of months. Yeah. But um, I, I do think they get in. But but moving on from that, um, we hit the top, we hit the middle. So let's, let's hit the bottom here for a little bit. Um, oh, great. <laughs> Yeah, for our listeners of of some of the bottom teams, um, or at least what I perceive as the bottom teams, I guess, um, you know, everybody can turn it around. Um, and some of the teams I've talked about, Illinois, Nebraska, Minnesota, Rutgers, Penn State, uh, those types of teams. Um, I know you're an Illinois guy, so uh, I'll give you a couple <laughs> seconds here to talk about Illinois. But um, what are your thoughts on some of these teams? Uh, do you see any of them with a chance to – you know, turn it around, um, make the NIT, uh, you know, what what can they do, I guess, over the next couple of months? Yeah, well, you look at the case of Illinois, and it's, it's just been a disappointing season thus far. Obviously, you know, the line has struggled a lot with injuries. Um, you couldn't even name all the guys who've gone down hurt. Um, but, you know, I was a little bit uh, uh, impressed with their, their game against Ohio State this past Sunday. They really fought to the end. Um, Illinois has this season has notoriously been terrible coming out of halftime. Um, they're able to kind of keep it close to took the lead at one point in Columbus. Um, but right now it's basically Kendrick Nunn and Malcolm Hill. And the two are averaging, uh, each averaging over 18 points per game, which is really impressive because it's basically the, the duo that's doing it all for the Illini. 
Um, but really there's a lack of front court. There's no defensive or offensive rebounding. Uh, and they're living and dying by the three-pointer. And that's kind of the John Gross style right now. So, I mean, barring a really, really miraculous comeback, um, Illinois is not going to make the NCAA tournament this season. As far as the NIT goes, um, they could be a mid-level bid. They could be a low-level bid. Um, at this point in time, they don't really have a good win they can hang their hat on. Um, and so that's I know it's disappointing for Illini fans, um, but it really looks like this year isn't their year. Um, as far as other teams go, I was uh, really impressed to see Penn State. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about this, hanging in there with Maryland in that game. Um, but, you know, they've uh, – who is it? Uh, Chef Gardner has been playing pretty well. Um, and, uh, you know, Pat Chambers has uh, been putting a team together. Um, they haven't – you know, they haven't been fantastic. Obviously, they're hanging at the lower uh, end of the Big Ten. But they've got a better recruiting class coming in next year. So, I think that's something uh, Nitty Lions fans can look forward to. As far as teams like Rutgers and Minnesota, uh, I think they've just been simply unimpressive. Um, Rutgers is going to struggle throughout the Big Ten season, just like they have – on uh, the last year, and uh, I think the same goes with Minnesota. I mean, they do have a solid home court advantage up there in the barn, but, uh, you know, they haven't really been doing much as of late. Yeah, yeah. I I just want to hit on a couple things for uh, um, two of these teams, and, and I'm going to pick what, what I perceive as the, the two bottom teams uh, with Minnesota and Rutgers. Um, first thing with Rutgers, um, you know, it's they – are, they are bad. Um, you know, I, mm-hmm. I hate to be that, I hate to be that negative, but you know, the Scarlet Knights are just a bad team. Um, they don't have the talent to hang with people. They don't have the depth. Um, and the, and the sad thing is, is they have players, you know, not to say great players, but they have players who could contribute in certain roles, but, um, they, they just don't have the big time contributors. You know, they're trying to hang their hat on guys like, you know, Corey Sanders, uh, Amir Greer, uh, the transfer, and it's really just they don't have they don't have the uh, the firepower to hang with um, to hang with the other teams. And and again, this this is going to sound like just bashing, and and I really don't mean it as that, but I just kind of want to put this into perspective. Why I say this, uh, you know, Rutgers, they're dead last, and this is Ken Palm's uh, stats here, dead last among Power Five teams. They would rank dead last in you know. A10, Big East, you know, pretty much pick any decent or you know, quasi-major uh, basketball conference, and they would be dead last. Um, clearly, mm-hmm. that you got to be pretty bad <laughs> to be that low. Um, the mm-hmm. other thing is, um, this week they get uh, they get Maryland on the road, um, which is going to be you know, nearly impossible for them Oof. to win, and then they get Nebraska at home. Now, the reason I mention this is, according to Ken Palm's stats, uh, Rutgers has a 45% chance to beat Nebraska at home on Saturday. Um, it is actually the only game before February that Rutgers has at least a 10% chance to win. Um, so if they don't win this game, there is a very clear chance, to, six, seven, eight, nine, that they will start 0-9 in the Big Ten. Um, after that, they get a, they get a few more, you know, quote unquote winnable games. They are projected to lose every game. Um, you know, overall they're projected at three and 15 record in the big 10 by Ken Palm, but in every specific game they're, they're projected to lose. Um, so yeah, I mean, 
they Rutgers fans have to hope for a win on Saturday night. Um, and and it's unfortunate, but um, I, I do think you ha- you have some serious questions if if they can't start to improve this year. I know next year was kind of the year where some of these younger guys were expected to take the next step and so on, but um, this is just bad. I mean, Rutgers should be better than this. I, I'm sorry. I know they don't have the richest basketball tradition, but um, mm-hmm. you know, they're almost they're almost losing to Rutgers directional schools. Um, it's just <laughs> it's just a shame, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's my end of my rant on Rutgers. Um, <laughs> yeah. Minnesota's the other team. Um, yeah, Minnesota is it, it's interesting because again another team um, that I frankly think should just be better than they are. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they have – Minnesota has pieces. I don't think they have the guys to really hang with the quality teams. I will say that. I think next year they're going to start to get – you know, they have a really nice recruiting class coming in. They do have some young contributors uh, playing now. Um, I've I've written about this in the past, but Minnesota has just gotten horrible luck the last couple years, you know. They bring in a, a big-time prospect last year. He can't play due to medical reasons. They've had some transfers at key positions, you know, so on and so forth. But, um, but yeah, Minnesota, they're, they're in position to have a pretty rough uh, <laughs> big performance this year. And, you know, they're kind of one of those teams that I, you know, I kind of compare them to Penn State where their fans coming into the year were kind of focused on next season which is it's kind of mm-hmm. odd to say, but, um, but yeah, I, I think next year is going to be the year for them, you know, not to say they're going to be great next year, but to really tell the direction of the program where things are going. But um, you definitely would like to see some improvement for them over the next couple of months. And um, you know, clearly six and eight rough start to the year. They lost some to some underwhelming teams at home, but, uh, but overall, yeah, yeah, that that's the bottom. Um, bottom of the big 10 or at least i <laughs> as we as we kind of think um but yeah before before we go um i think we've touched on just about everyone in the big 10 um any final thoughts here on the big 10 the next couple of weeks uh kind of how you, you see things shaking out uh i think it's just gonna be interesting to watch um you know a lot of people have called big 10 the best uh, basketball conference in the nation um but obviously you know the acc is always going to be performing uh You've seen some guys from the SEC step up, um, and obviously the Big 12 is always a powerhouse with Kansas, and they've got Oklahoma this year. Um, so I think it will be interesting to watch over the course of the next couple of months to see which conference wins out as far as getting the most teams in the tournament. Um, I think the Big Ten's got about as much depth as anybody. Uh, I think the ACC can kind of rival them. Um, but I think it's just going to be an interesting college basketball season because there's clearly – um, at this point, no number one uh, team that's looked absolutely dominant. You know, last year we had Kentucky, and while we have Kansas this year, they still lost to Michigan State. And, you know, I guess if Oklahoma gets this win tonight, um, it'll be interesting to see um, how the rest of the season shakes out. But I really think it's all up for grabs, especially with all the upsets early in the season. And, uh, yeah, it's just there's so much unknown right now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's one of the things I keep thinking about um, – you know, I'm, I'm already qu- kind of thinking about how I'm going to fill out my bracket, and uh, <laughs> which I know is way too early. But, um, but yeah, there there are no clear teams that are at the top this year. Um, it's going to be wild, um, and and that's one of the big reasons why I think you know 
the Big Ten clearly has a couple teams that are in position to land very, very good seeds in March. You know, Maryland, mm-hmm. uh, Michigan State, you know, maybe even Iowa or Purdue. Um, landing though, that seeding is going to be huge. And, you know, if the Big Ten can get that little extra boost, I think they could be in for a big year. But um, but with that, uh, Graham, thanks for joining us. Uh, why don't you tell folks how they Thank can uh, check out? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter um, at Graham Hooten. I also run an Illini Twitter account um, at The Gross Report. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, or you can check out my uh, weekly. I do weekly Northwestern features for BT Powerhouse. Those come out on Wednesdays. Um, and you can check out my work on SB Nation. Yeah, thanks a lot, Graham. Thank you. And a uh, reminder to everyone, that was Graham Hooten. Um, does great work for us. Uh, he does a couple of recaps for us a week. And, uh, you know, as he mentioned, the Northwestern piece, uh, an interesting perspective, obviously. But uh, but with that, I'm, I'm Thomas Bendit. Thanks for checking us out. And uh, a lot of great games coming up this week. Uh, we have our Game of the Week post going up tomorrow morning. Uh, really excited about a couple games uh, coming this weekend. But uh, with that, I'm Thomas Bendit. And make sure to check us out on the site, and we'll see you next time.